Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. In a dramatic U-turn, the government has extended the ban on tenant evictions by private landlords. Just today, uh, less than a couple of days before the ban was due to come to an end on Sunday. Uh, Now, this is amid the fears that charities were warning that up to 250,000 or 240,000 people could be evicted and and would lose their home. I I personally think that was a bit of an exaggeration, but the fact is thousands of people at least could have lost their homes because the cases were already backing up in in the courts. And I I think that the government could just not afford another uh, big crisis. And they certainly couldn't, uh, were not in the position, certainly local authorities were not in the position to temporarily house, you know, tens of thousands of people uh, been made homeless by, by private landlords due to the fact they could not pay their rent during the, the lockdown and the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, so, so that's what's happened. And, and this was discussed all this week, but it really is like a last minute thing because it was due to end on Sunday. The courts would have been hearing cases on Monday. It, it looks like in most cases, renters may also get six months notice if their landlord plans to evict them until the end of March, and now the block on 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 evictions. Uh, now this this would include Section Twenty One notices, Section Eight notices could have been in courts on on Monday. And I'm sure there's thousands of cases backed up in the courts. And the, the housing secretary, whose name is Robert Jenrick, uh, talked of uh, supporting renters over the winter. So we're, we're in summer now, but he's talking about supporting them over winter. Add in though. Uh, giving landlords some hope that when the ban was lifted, the most serious cases of antisocial behaviour, other crimes and unpaid rent for over a year would be heard first. Well, thank you very much, Robert Jenrick. So they're aware that landlords are suffering tenants with antisocial behaviour, crimes uh, and, and unpaid rent for over a year. And he said, oh, yes, we'll hear those first. Well, I don't think that's much of a, an olive leaf, really. It doesn't give much comfort to landlords who may have antisocial tenants and may have tenants who are just refusing to pay their rents. Now, of course, if tenants are unemployed, they can get help from the government to pay their rent. So long-term unpaid rent shouldn't be a problem, although I'm sure it is because you know, thousands of people are could lose their homes. Now, prior to the pandemic, of course, you could just give two months notice, uh, but Wales has already extended to six months, and I think Scotland are looking at this as well. Char- charities like Shelter, of course, have said that more than 170,000 private tenants have, have been threatened with eviction uh, by their landlord or letting agent, and 230,000 in England have fallen into arrears since the pandemic started. Now, obviously, landlords have got mortgages as well. Landlords have got costs, and uh, Ben Beadle, the chief executive of the National Residence Landlords Association, the NRLA, uh, has said that a blanket extension is unacceptable, especially to, especially to so close to the deadline. This this announcement satisfies no one. Uh, now, he said that landlords have been left 
powerless in, in exercising their legal rights to deal with significant arrears, unrelated in some cases to COVID-19 or antisocial behaviour or extremely disruptive tenants who make life miserable for their neighbours and housemates. I, I've had one of these myself. I've had uh, a, a lady tenant who's who's fine herself but her boyfriend has been causing a lot of disruption in the house he's not even a tenant but he stays there frequently uh he, he was harassing another female tenant uh just just causing problems for people uh, even taking people's food out of the fridge in, in a hmo situation and i i'd actually served a, a section 21 notice last year she ignored that i served a section 8 in january and then the lockdown came and uh, I, I can't do anything about that. Uh, having said that, uh, the problem, things have settled down a bit in the house, but still, uh, I, I was powerless to deal with this disruptive boyfriend causing problems in the house because of this this, this situation. Uh, so it, it is a difficult, I sympathise with tenants who can't pay their rent, but what about landlords who've got mortgages to pay and can't pay their mortgages because they're not getting rent. What about landlords who rely on properties for for their retirement income? You know what 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 are the government doing to help those those people? Landlords, it seems, are, are just almost like second class citizens now uh, in in terms of the rule changes that have come in, the extra legislation, the red tape that's come in. It, it's very very difficult. Uh, so landlord groups have called you know for more help in England to to reduce the financial pressures on landlords because not all landlords are big companies and, and mega rich people the majority of landlords only have one or two properties sometimes there are accidental landlords who just can't sell a property so they've rented it out instead so it it, it is a, a difficult situation on both sides now on my page i'm putting up some advice for tenants from the citizens advice bureau uh, or who, who give advice for tenants on what to do a lot of tenants will go to the council if they're if they're threatened with eviction but the council will always say to him well don't don't move uh stay where you are and until you're actually evicted putting more pressure on the courts now when we say evicted you know it's, it's not even even if this this tenant ban was not lifted landlords will still have to apply to courts will still have to serve notices then apply to the court if the notices are ignored so it would have been months anyway before anybody was actually evicted and the courts were already backed up with thousands of cases and a lot of these evictions occur because people reach the end of their tenancy and then refuse to move. They say, well, I don't care. I've, I've, I've got nowhere to go. So you have to evict me. I've had this before. Whereas normally, if, if you reach the end of a contract, you know, that's it. You, you've, you, you part company. You, you've rented a place for six months or a year. And at the end of the, that time, why, why not just leave? But many people don't. And this is why then... It, you would need to start a two-month process to get people out uh, and to get get your house back, even though the tenancy has come to an end. Now, you know, a lot of people say tenants need security and all this, and they need long-term tenancies. But really, that, that that is the job of the government to provide enough council housing for for people who are on low incomes or people who need good proper social housing. That that was never intended for a landlord who may want to rent a house out for a year or two or a couple of years. I mean, some landlords are happy to lend, rent out houses for many years at a time. But really, the government needs to build more council homes. Uh, there haven't been any major council home building since the new towns were built in the 70s. You know, if you think about places like Milton Keynes, Basildon, Harlow, you know, th these were built in the 1970s. 
And and what's been done since then? Nothing. No major council house building program, apart from a few estates here and there, have been built since the 1970s. That's 50 years of of non-building in in a major way in terms of new new towns, new cities. They're leaving it all to the private sector, and they're they're, they're looking for a few crumbs from the private sector to give out a few crumbs of um, affordable housing, which in many cases are non-affordable or on dodgy um, shared ownership schemes that many people won't qualify for or many people can't afford. And I've seen this in my own area. So the government needs to really get local authorities to start building council houses. Now, I was a councillor in my local authority. I was on the planning committee. I said, why don't you build more council houses? And you know what the answer was? They said, well, the officers now said, well, if we build more council housing, people might buy them. What? So you're worried that you house somebody in a council house and then five or 10 years down the road, they might buy them. What's the difference? They're still in a house. You just, you know, they're not in a hotel being housed at great expense. They're actually worried that people might exercise their right to buy and buy them. Well, there is there's obviously an answer for that anyway. They could build modular homes that, that do not qualify for a mortgage that, that would not be able to buy. And in any case, most people in, in, in my area could not afford to buy their council house because by very by, by virtue of the fact that they're a council tenant and on, on a low income, how on earth would they be able to afford a five or six hundred thousand pound house? even with a discount. In fact, the officer told me they get a 60% discount. Well, that's not true. You get a 60% discount up to a certain point. You don't get a 60% discount on the whole half a million pound home. So it, it's nonsense that councils have, 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 in fact, they've sold all their stock to a housing association. Housing associations don't build enough. Councils need to build more uh, uh, social housing. That will solve the housing problem and the housing crisis, not you know, forcing landlords uh, into keeping tenants that don't want to pay rent. Even councils and housing associations evict tenants who don't pay rent. Believe you me, they're, they're no mugs. If, if people are not paying rent, they're out. And there's no two ways about it. If they're, if they're anti-social behavior, they're out. So it seems like the private landlords have been stamped on and, and asked to, you know, now deal with the situation where the government finds itself in, where they haven't got enough social housing they cannot house enough people if they become homeless uh, and yet people can sail across the english channel in a dinghy and they immediately get housed and that's one of the reasons why i think that they're, they're unable to cope with tens of thousands of people who maybe have come homeless through, through non-payment of rent and yet people are uh, migrants illegal migrants are sailing across the channel and they get housed in four-star hotels I've seen documentaries on this that, that some of them are housed in four star Hilton hotels where the whole hotel has been taken over by a company called Serco and, and they house nothing but um, asylum seekers. And Serco have got a two billion pound contract to house asylum seekers over the next few years. So that that's the situation here. Uh, that's the situation. Obviously, this this is just a recap on the week. In, during the week, I reminded people who are self-employed that they can still apply for a grant system, uh, a grant scheme up to £6,000. Uh, we also talked about Apple breaking through the $2 trillion barrier. Apple and companies like Netflix, Amazon, Google and Facebook have all done very well out of this, this crisis. And people like Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg... Have, have added between them trillions to, to their wealth, while you know many people are, are in the world are suffering, their businesses are going under because of 
you know, continuous changes to the, to the rules, further lockdowns. Now the travel industry is suffering again because of last minute changes to, to travel plans. People in Spain were stuck and had to come back and then suffer quarantine. Now, the latest one is Croatia. People have gone to Croatia, which wasn't on the, the sort of coronavirus hit list. Now, they've been told you've got 30 hours to either get back to the UK or when you get back, you're going to have to get, uh, enter into quarantine. So there's been a lot of uh, issues there. There's been a, a lot of problems for businesses and still are. Uh, there's still more problems to come. Unfortunately, when the furlough scheme ends, I think there's going to be a lot more people unemployed and that will lead to more renters getting into rears and, and more trouble for landlords. So I'm sorry it's on a, on a damp squib there, but obviously a lot of the news coming through at the moment is bad news and, and that's unfortunate. But, uh, but thanks for listening. I hope you all have a great weekend and whatever you're doing, stay safe and keep, keep out, of, uh, out, of, out of trouble, as it were. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 